All right, everybody, welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast. Now, let me start by saying my bad, because I know that these episodes are supposed to come out every other Tuesday, and at this point, that other Tuesday is coming and gone. To be honest, y'all probably gonna hear this, it's gonna be Friday. So, <laughs> my bad. Just understand there was a few scheduling issues and a few things that I needed to personally take care of. So, it threw everything out of whack. But we're here now, so let's jump right into it. So, what I wanted to talk about in this podcast is an experience that I think many people have. And it's an experience that for some can be traumatizing, sometimes it's terrifying, sometimes it's stressful, it it, it can be a lot for some people. For me, it's something you can look back on and laugh at years later. And I think everybody at that initial point, after it's over and done, everybody always looks back at that experience and they laugh. And that experience is learning how to drive. Especially if you got crazy parents that you're learning to drive with, okay? That's an experience in itself. So I want to talk about my experience learning how to drive. If you follow me on YouTube, I actually did a video about this maybe a year ago, so if you want to hear this same story, but you need the visual and the non-verbal cues, and you know, if you watch my videos, I'm very dramatic. I don't know how to sit still when I tell a story, so I don't know how this podcast somehow comes in so well, because I'm bouncing and hopping all through my seat while I'm telling these stories, and somehow my sound is just consistent. So amen with this recording equipment. This is the same equipment I recorded my album on, so maybe that's why. But anyway... So let's jump right into it. Now, if you remember, I told you guys I'm from this small town called Spanaway, and it's Spanaway, Washington. And Spanaway is a town that requires you to have a car. You have to have a car because there's literally nothing in the town to do. Like, Spanaway is pretty much 20 or 30,000 people. It's just a bunch of houses. Houses, houses, houses. Spanaway is not a city. There's not a mayor. There's no downtown. If there was a downtown, it would be this shopping center called Pacific Commons, or it used to be that shopping center, because back in the day, that shopping center was popping. It used to have Kmart, had a Dairy Queen, this place called Fashion Bug, Factory to U, had a pet store, a met, like it had all of that. I think the recession did a number on the area, so I know when I came back to visit after college, you know, when I had to live home for a whole year and some change, most of those stores were gone, and every time I go back to Spanaway to visit my mom, it's like, there's nothing left there except the Kmart and the Dairy Queen, like the grocery store is closed, so literally there's nothing in Spanaway to do, you either go hang out at a neighbor's house, or you get out of Spanaway and go do something in one of the larger cities like Lakewood or Tacoma, so you need a car, but the thing is, because Spanaway was so far out there, public transportation didn't really exist, there's no subway system, even Seattle doesn't have a subway system, if you know about Seattle, Seattle just has the monorail, and it goes from one place to the other, literally from one stop to the other, that's it, there's no whole map, and you get on the green line, and the blue line, and the A train, and none of that, it's, you get from, what is it, I forgot what part, I think you go from Seattle Center to the Space Needle, or some crap like that, I can't remember what it is, but it, one spot, so public transportation is a journey that that entire state is still trying to get right, even though it's gotten better if you live in like Tacoma, Seattle, but anyway, so at this point in life, I'm a sophomore in high school, or it was getting ready to be my sophomore year of high school, and so as a teenager, I'm starting to be involved in school. You know, I'm doing track, I'm doing theater, I'm doing dance, I was in student government, I was doing a bunch of stuff at school, and I kind of had somewhat of a social life, even though, to be honest, my parents were very, very overprotective, so I didn't get to go out as much as some of my friends. As a matter of fact, I was always in trouble a lot, too. And so I remember my friend Antoine, he used to say my theme song was Akon's Locked Up. They won't let me out because I was always stuck in the house. I couldn't ever go nowhere sometimes. But when I did have the luxury to get out the house, it was always problematic because I always needed a ride. You know, I, like I said in the last podcast, I was that friend that people didn't want to take nowhere because they knew if you go to the house party and you take Michael, you're going to have to leave early because you're going to have to bring him back. And, you know, his parents want him in at this time and this, that, and the third. And so 
it was starting to be a little frustrating because my parents did not believe in giving you a ride to anything, anywhere. Don't ask them. For their, for them, it was like, we work, we put food on the table, you got a roof over your head, the rest is on you. Figure it out. I'm like, dang. And so really, at the time, my father's job had him kind of traveling all around the country still. So he wasn't really around as much for most of my high school experience until maybe my senior year. Then he got his job had a more centered back in Washington State. So really, it was me, my mom, and my brother. This made things a lot worse because my mother was the one who really always wanted me to stay in the house. For some reason, she just swore that we, the world was so dangerous and you don't need to be out in them streets. So, you know, half the time when I was asking to go somewhere, no, you don't need to be going, you don't need to be out in them streets, out there being, wow, you don't know what's out there. I'm like, yeah, dear. <laughs> so we always had these arguments about, you know, why can't y'all give me a ride here? And I would get cussed out every time, especially with my mom. I work. I work. I don't got all day to be going out driving you all around so I can be out all hours of night. You know I got to get up. And I used to look at her like she was crazy because she just worked a nine to five. It wasn't like she was working, you know, some crazy three in the morning shift or something like that. It was pretty much a very common work shift. And I used to be like, mama, what the heck? Especially if it was something in Spanaway. Like, I just need you to drive me like two miles down the road. <laughs> like, what? So fast forward. At this point, you know, I'm in the house washing dishes, you know, doing the whole slavery thing that teenagers have to do when they live in their parents' house rent-free. You know, because depending on what kind of parents you have, the minute you're old enough to put that little piece of paper in the trash, when you're three and they're like, yay, you got chores for the rest of your life. So, you know, I'm doing a little chores thing. And then I just hear this loud, loud, and I I mean loud sounds. that i'm like did i break the garbage disposal what's that and so i look out the window i see this green car struggling and when i say struggling struggling to get to the house it's just i'm like what is that loud just and so this green car pulls up in the driveway and i'm looking like uh huh then my dad michael bring your butt outside come here Uh, okay so i go outside i look my dad was like this is going to be your new car. And I'm looking like, uh, all right. So first, let's talk about this car. My father had bought this car from the neighbor down the street for like three or $400. And this car was a two-door till either 1989 or 1991 Ford Festiva. Not to be confused with the Ford Fiesta because I do know that both cars existed at the same point in one time. But people used to get them mixed up. But this was a Ford Festiva. And so when I tell you this car had been through the struggle, it had been to the rapture and back. I don't know how it survived, but man, when I tell you that this car was the face of Reaganomics, the downside of it, like man, that car had been through a lot. First of all, the neighbor's daughter had gotten a car accident with the bus before because I guess it was her car at some point. And so she got in an accident with the school bus. The school bus had hit the right side of the car, maybe going at like 20 or 30 miles an hour. And so the right side of the car, they tried to fix it, but it wasn't quite fixed. So the right side was still all dented up. The headlight sometimes would work, sometimes it wouldn't. And the door could not close all the way. And mind you, this was a two-door car. So the door, when you close it, it, it would close, but it wouldn't make that full sound. It would kind of just close enough to the point where you wouldn't have to hold it so it wouldn't fly open while you were driving. And that was a problem because, you know, with cars, if the doors don't close, that nice little light that sits above your head does not turn off. And because this is a 1989 or a 91 model, there's no switch to turn the light off permanently and have it not correlate with the door. So sometimes when you would drive this car, if the light didn't turn off, you had to give the car a jump. Like, literally every day we would jump in this car to drive the thing, every single time. And we couldn't go too far, because if we went too far from the house 
and we like if we went to the store or something, if we were in there too long and that light was on, the battery would drain. So that was kind of the car that you only did for quick trips, like a quick trip to 7-Eleven down the street, quick trip to get something down at McDonald's real quick, and you better pray that you know the line is not long or you need to just use the drive-through. So it, it was that. So that was just the door. That was just the side. The left side. The weather strip had, there was no weather strip on the left side. I don't know what happened, but there wasn't one. And so you had to put a towel down on the left side. Like, so there would be a towel between the door and the seat on the floor. And then you also put a towel on the seat. And fortunately, because it was only a two-door, you didn't have to put a towel on the left side in the back because the water never really made it back there. But there was still, like, that mildew smell. So that happened. And then the muffler had rusted off. This is why the car was so loud when it was coming up the hill. The The muffler had been rusted off, and because there's no muffler... There's like I, I guess the muffler is important when it comes to you know the exhaust coming out and not making all that noise. I think that's why when you hear the people with the loud, they do something with that muffler to manipulate it so it can make all that noise. So pretty much, you know, if you closed your eyes, you might have thought I was driving like the bombest car off the street until you open your eyes. You're like, oh wait, whoa, what you doing? It was that. And then the worst part, because this car is again an '89 or a '91 model, there's no CD player and. There's only a cassette tape, but the problem is the cassette tape player thing is jammed. And there's only one album in there that you can listen to. And it was Keith Sweat's Keep It Coming album. Alright, you know the Keep It Coming. Girl, I want it. It was that album. But the problem was because the tape player was jammed, it wasn't like you could flip it and over and hear the other side of the album. So if we did listen to the cassette player or the, the, the tape player, you only got to hear the first half of the Keith Sweat album and then you just had to rewind and start that first part over so you only heard them first five or six songs and i mean keith sweat was cool the first two or three times you drove the car but you know after a while you're like man i i can't do it what what the heck and the radio wasn't really quite working that well because the antenna was missing so that car the car just went through a lot there was a lot going on with the car so my dad is hyped that he bought me this car you know he's telling everybody yeah you bought my boy's first car blah 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 and you know me on the other hand i'm over here trying to not be a spoiled brat but i'm thinking like man ever want to be seen taking this thing to school the way people are gonna cook me on top of the fact that they're gonna hear me a whole 10 blocks before i even get to school because the car muffler is so damn loud oh god and then i'm not even gonna be able to ever miss curfew i'll never be able to sneak in they're always gonna know when i'm late because you're gonna be able to feel the car coming because that was the other thing that muffler or the non-existent muffler the car was so loud and you you felt it as it was coming to your block or coming by it just it was just shaking and that would be the funniest thing because at first you know, I only had a permit, so there wasn't going to be any driving. Really, it was me in the car with my father, and he would take me on these long drives where he wanted to just talk about, you know, the responsibilities of driving. And this is a two- or three-ton vehicle. You can kill somebody, and this, that, and a third. And when you finally do get to drive, you got to be responsible. You know, give me these loud lectures. Now, mind you, I could barely hear what he was saying because that muffler being missing, you couldn't hear anything inside the car either. It was, Arr! So you mix that Arr! with Keith Sweat at the same time. Imagine what that sounds like. And so, you know... In my head, I'm like, Lord, let this car just die. Because I'm like, I'm only like 15 and a half at this point. I won't be able to drive for like another year. And I don't know if this car is going to make it to another year. By then, I can't imagine driving to school. And I can't be asking people for a jump after school every day. Because the car has been parked too long and the light didn't turn off. Man. And so it was an interesting dynamic. Because my dad was, you know, kind of ready to try to get me to learn how to drive. My mother, on the other hand, absolutely not. She did not like the idea of me driving anything. And mind you, she used to use that against me in everything. She 
she would always use anything that I did that was irresponsible as a reason why I was not going to be driving. So if you forgot to take the pack of chicken out and, you know, it was still frozen and you tried to put it in the sink five minutes before you heard them come home or you tried to rush and throw it in the sink because you heard the garage door opening, you didn't even take the meat out, see? And you want to drive. Like, that was her line. And you want to drive. Anytime she said that, I was like, oh, Lord, here we go. She would use that as kryptonite to any argument I ever had about anything. You know, oh, you didn't want to cut the grass? You didn't cut the grass? Didn't your dad tell you to cut the grass? See? And you want to drive, but you're not responsible. See, that's why you don't need to be driving, because if you're not going to be responsible, you don't need to be behind the wheel, because I don't know if you're responsible enough to get to where you need to go safely without killing somebody. And I'm like, what does that got to do with me not cutting the grass? Dad said I can cut it tomorrow. What are you talking about? She would milk this thing. And it didn't help that as a child, she was in like a really bad car accident, so she was already traumatized, and I don't think she ever got over it. If you ever have to drive this lady around, she will drive you crazy in the car because she does this thing where she stumps the floor on the passenger side like she's hitting that invisible brake and she'll grab the door and I kind of, I've, I've learned to kind of just tune her out and look straight and don't even look at her and just let her have her moment but man she will if she doesn't like how you're driving she's gonna let you know like she'll start telling random stories that aren't even true you'll be driving somewhere and she'll be like mm, it was so sad what happened to that family that was driving over here uh-huh husband was driving too fast and a cat jumped out and he tried to swerve out the way whole car just flipped over blew up everybody died Uh uh-huh and the car crashed into a house the house caught fire and you know it was a row house so it just spread down the whole block it it was sad happened a couple years ago it happened while you were still in school and i'm looking like mom washington state doesn't even have row houses what are you talking about so yes she did not like the idea of me driving she it was oh my god every five and you want to drive and then if you rode in a car with her you had to help out everybody driving in the car with her as a passenger it was a participation game everybody had to help and that crap would be so annoying because you know she'd be backing out am i good am i good and sometimes you didn't want to help sometimes you just wanted to sit in the car and look out the window see you're not even responding fast enough when i'm asking you for questions and asking you for help and and you want to drive see you see how i'm backing out right now that's how you're supposed to be backing you see how i'm looking both ways you're not even doing that because you're looking out the wrong window that's why you're not driving you want to drive (laughs) and that was the other thing she used to always do this laugh that would just get under your skin because you knew she was trolling you like if if my father ever cussed us out about something or if she knew that we really wanted something but we weren't going to get it because something happened she would do that that (laughs) and when she did it she would always make her shoulders jump up at the same time (laughs) and you would be so pissed off because she would do that all the freaking time and you'd want to cuss her out so bad but you know that you need her on your good side because at the end of the day, she was going to be the one to determine whether or not you were going to drive. Because I, I don't care what anyone says. The woman is the one who runs the house. The mom always runs the house. I don't care if the father makes more money. I don't care what it is. Mom runs the house. It's her way or everybody in the house will suffer. So, you know, she... <coughs> and I just have to sit there and take it. So anyway, at this point, this car is, is starting to get on its last leg. We've had it for a good six months. It's now winter. I've probably done a a practice drive or two with my father, maybe twice. He's not even letting me touch this car because he wants to keep driving it. He likes the car because it's cheap. You know, it's not worth a whole lot. And he can just go here and there. And so pretty much he didn't just stole my car, which was fine with me because I didn't want to be seen in it anyway. But one day we were supposed to be going somewhere. I don't even remember where we were going. But there had been a really, really bad winter storm. And there was probably, I want to say, either a foot or a foot and a half of snow. And we were supposed to go somewhere as a family. And so we get ready to go in the car. My mom was like, nope, y'all not taking my good car. Tear up my car going nowhere because y'all going to slide around. Nope, go on and take Michael's car. Go on and take that green car. Y'all want to go explore. And so we all as a family were in the car going somewhere. Anyway, we make it there. Now we're on the way back home. 
And so it's me, my mother, my brother, and my dad in the car. And we're trying to get up this hill. And the tires on the car, the friction is just not good enough to get up the hill with this snow and this ice. So our car just starts sliding backwards down the hill a little bit. Now, mind you, again, this is Spanaway, so there's no cars behind us. We're on this road all by ourselves. And so we start sliding backwards. And we're maybe two, three blocks from the house. My mom opens the door, jumps out the car while we're still sliding. Because she was like, nope, she just gave up on all of us. She was going to let us all just roll into the ditch and die. She jumped right out the car. And my dad was able to gun it and get control of the car and get up the hill. So then my mom was so frustrated. She didn't even want to get back in the car once we got up the hill. And so my dad is going like two miles an hour. Come on, Karen, get in the car. I'm not getting in that car. That thing ain't safe. I'm not getting in that car. And so she's walking. You know, my mom's only like five feet tall. So she's walking with, you know, up into a foot and a half of snow. We finally get to the house. Man, wait, everybody got cussed out. You know, her, her, from like her knees down were just wet, like from the snow. She was cold and everybody getting cussed out. Mom, you good? Just get away from me. Y'all just disrespectful. Then that's why you're not driving that. You, you want to drive. Y'all not driving. No, that don't make no kind of sense. Got me out here on this cold. And I'm just like, uh, uh, okay. So one of these days, my dad was getting ready to take me to go do a drive. And for some reason, the car just didn't start. Just didn't want to start no more. The car pretty much just died. And my dad was tired of it. So the neighbor that he bought it from actually bought the car back. And they decided to break the car apart and use the car parts for some other nonsense. So the green car is now gone. You know, never to be seen or heard from again. For me, I was like, thank you, God. Because, God, if I had to drive that thing to school, I was never going to get any kind of play. I mean, because a lot of my friends and a lot of people I went to school with, you know, because their parents were in the military or worked for Microsoft or wherever, a lot of kids had some really nice cars. Some kids had a Jeep. Some people had a Honda Civic. Some people had, you know, whatever other cars were out there that were kind of new. Some people, you know, some people did have the hoopties like I had, but pretty much everybody had an okay looking car. So I was like, dang, man, I, I can't even take this thing to prom. I can't imagine trying to take somebody to prom in this thing. Man. So one day, you know, I'm in the house, dusting, doing the whole slave thing, and I happen to look out the window, and I see this silver car pull up in the driveway, and this is actually a nice car, you know, it's a 2004 Kia Spectra, and mind you, it's 2004, the year that I'm currently living in at the moment, I'm like, yo, is that for me? Oh, son, about to get it in, you know, I'm hype, hype, and so yes, my parents have bought me a new car. So I go all outside, you know, I'm all high-fiving my dad and trying to hug my mom. And mom, like, I don't know what you're excited for because you're not going to be driving it at all. You're going to get your butt in drive school and da 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 And then we will see whether or not you are responsible enough to drive. I'm like, damn, just kill the dream, huh? So they put me in this driving school, and it's called Diamond Driving School. Now, Diamond Driving School was some off-the-wall ratchet driving school. As a matter of fact, it got shut down because they lost their accreditation as a, as a driving school or whatever. Now, at the time, I was able to finish before the shutdown. But this school, <laughs> I had this instructor named Shannon, and you were supposed to do four drives after you watched all the little movies. Like, literally, you just sitting there all day, watch movies, fill out the little worksheet, and then you would do four drives, and then that was the end of the drive school. I only did two, and they let me pass the drive school. I don't know what happened. And, and on one of those drives, Shannon made me take her to her house. And so I said, okay, I had to go to her house because she had to pick up something, and then we just went back to the drive school. I'm like, well, that's it? Okay, so I wasn't really getting a whole lot of practice at the drive school. So I finished the drive school, and mind you, I never did the freeway drive. I never, like, pretty much the only driving I did was the residential. And at this point, between the time that my dad bought me the green car and the time that I finished drive school, I've probably been behind the wheel all of four times in a whole year. 
So really, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm still a terrible driver, to be honest. And, you know, I'm excited, though, because I'm thinking, okay, well, at this point, I'm almost 16. You know, I'm going to get the license, and it's, it's about to be on. And my mom, nope, we, we, you're going to have to do more practicing. We got to see if you're ready. We got to see if you're ready. Because at this point, I was just so excited. I loved that car to death. And mind you, I, I had to walk past it every day to the bus stop, even after I got my driver's license, which I'll get back to. I still couldn't drive the car. But, you know, I used to just go in the car and just sit in it. Just sit in the car, play music, play my little CDs, just just to sit in it, just because I knew it was mine. Um, I loved that car to death. And so one day, my dad was like, "Come on, Michael, we about to go drive." I was like, "Oh yes, oh of course." So you know, I run on outside. I didn't put on a whole outfit just because I want to be seen. Because you know, I'm about to I'm about to be fly. I put on my little visor. I think I had I don't even remember what else I had. I know it was something real loud and probably baggy because that's what was in style at the time. And, you know, I got the windows down. I'm sitting in the car waiting for my dad to come out. You know, I would have warmed it up already. I'm, I'm hyped because I just know I'm about to drive past everybody who's somebody. And they're going to see me driving this nice car that I've been telling everybody about that nobody's seen. And then I look. My dad comes outside. And I'm like, okay, cool. Then my brother's coming. I'm like, what's he coming for? Then my mama come. She got her purse. I'm like, what, 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 what's everybody coming for? And that was the one thing that... <laughs> Used to work my nerves in my family. I love it now looking back, but we did everything as a family. And as great as that can be, that crap could be annoying sometimes. Like, I mean, we would eat dinner together as a family, which I honestly think if you want to really have a good bond with your kids or anybody, y'all should make an effort to eat dinner together every day if you can. Like, our house, it was never the situation where if there was dinner, somebody was on the couch eating, somebody was upstairs eating, somebody would come eat when they felt like it. No, my dad said 5.30, 5 o'clock. Everybody was at that table. We ate together. You know, we might watch a TV show or two, but a lot of times the TV wouldn't even be on. We'd just be sitting there talking, laughing, talking about life. And I think that's, I really miss those days, to be real honest. Like, if I could have those back, I would get them back. But we did everything as a family. If we went to the mall, we stayed together. Even when we went to the Puyallup Fair, of course, you know, I want to go on the rides. I want to go get candy and the cotton candy and this, and I want to go run with my friend. Nope, we staying together. I was so mad because one time, we went to the Puyallup Fair. And mind you, the Puyallup Fair is this huge, huge fair. I think they've changed the name to the Washington State Fair now. But, I mean, they got roller coasters and they got, you know, concerts and all this stuff. And I was ready to turn up with my friends. When I tell you we as a family went and sat and watched some stupid cooking show because somebody was selling some kind of pot you could use that didn't need grease and oil, we sat at a stupid cooking show and then some other lady conned my dad into buying the magic sponge that was supposed to be able to do all this stuff. And then we got, like, some food and left. I was like, why did we come to this? Why did I have to stay with y'all? But anyway, everything was a family ordeal. So I'm annoyed because I'm like, why are we all getting in the car together? I don't need all y'all in this car because this is going to be chaos. I feel it in my spirit already because my dad is already irate. He likes to cuss and yell and fuss at everybody all day. My mom, as I said, is, is traumatized of the idea of me even driving because, one, she's scared of driving. So she really don't want me driving, and she don't think I know what I'm doing. And then there's my brother. Now, again, at this point, I'm 15. My brother is 8. My brother gets a kick out of trolling me during this stage of his life. Everything is funny. Anytime I'm in trouble, it's the best day of his life. Anytime I don't do something great, it's the funniest thing to him. He knew that this was about to go down in this car. Like, he knew it was about to go down. Even when he was coming down the stairs to get in the car, he's looking me dead in the face smiling because he knew that I was about to F this up and he was going to have something to laugh about for the rest of the week. So we're all in the car, and let me explain where everybody's sitting. Of course, I'm in the driver's seat. My father's in the passenger seat. My mother is behind my father on the passenger side. My brother is behind me. So, you know, 
the car's on. I got my whole case of CDs, and you know, I'm digging through my little mixes, you know, my mic number, mix number 309, mic mix number 224, because mind you, I'm kind of that dorky person where all my mix CDs, I had them numbered, and I actually could remember what was on all of them. If you were one of my close friends and you used to ride with me when I still had the silver car, you knew we weren't pulling off until I found the right mix that I wanted to listen to or the right CD. They used to be like, can you come on? That's why I always would laugh when I watched Set It Off and Cleo wouldn't leave until she had the right CD she wanted. Same thing. So, you know, I'm over here trying to find my music. My dad, no, we ain't doing no music. You can turn that that stereo off right now. Then, of course, my mom decided she was going to echo everything he said just because, that's right, you don't need no music. You turn that stuff off. We drive. We are here to concentrate. There's not going to be no music with all that stuff and all that stuff that you be playing. And I'm just like, but dad, y'all don't understand. I Like, music keeps me calm. If you don't need to be older. If you can't be calm with music, you don't need to be driving at all. I'm just like, dang, really? And so my dad, yo, you ain't doing no music. And so I'm literally in the car like, you know, y'all don't understand. This is going to keep me calm and collected. That's how me and Miss Shannon did it at the drive school. Well, Miss Shannon ain't in this car and she ain't paying nothing on it. And she ain't on my insurance. So you're not getting no music. And so I lose the battle. So we, we, we back on out. Now, mind you, like I said, I've only driven four times in like a whole year. So we're driving, and at first we just start in the little neighborhood, and you know it's it's going okay. We're, we're riding and everything. Um, my dad is just looking real stern and serious, like he's this is serious because he I think he's thinking of the fact that this is a brand new car he just bought, and if my son f's this up, I'm gonna break his neck. And then my mom is, you know, she's anything my dad says she's gonna echo. So we're we're good in the residential. So then my dad's like, okay, you kind of got this. Let's go into the bigger streets. So now we're on. You know, it's not like the, 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 the big artery major streets with a bunch of traffic lights, but it's those kind of streets that are one step above residential. You know, when you're driving past the schools and the, the nearby markets and stuff. And at this point, we're running into a problem. I'm paranoid with every oncoming car I see. And every time I see a car coming on, you know, oncoming, I keep thinking they're going to hit us. So I keep swerving to the right because I keep thinking that every car that comes past is going to hit us. And so I keep swerving because I, I feel like my car is just so wide because this is Spanaway. The streets are a little smaller. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm in my head I'm driving a whole deuce and a quarter. If you remember them big old giant cars from like the 70s. And so... You know, I keep swerving to the right. And my dad, boy, stop swerving to the right like you ain't got no sense. What's wrong with you? I told you he's not ready to drive. He's swerving already. We ain't even got nowhere. He's scared. Karen, shut up. Be all right. No, I'm telling you right now. I don't want to hear no more. He's car up. And I'm just trying to drive. My brother's already in the back. <laughs> just already cracking up. I'm stressed out. Like, man, everybody just shut up. Everybody just shut up, man. Like, I wanted to say that, but I, I wasn't fool enough to say that out loud. And so I'm driving, and I keep swerving. And now I've done this like eight times. My dad, what? You swerve one more time. You swerve one more time. And it'll be funny because my dad gets mad. Or when he would get mad, he would yell. He would make these sounds that weren't words. Like, you be like, huh? <laughs> like, a, I don't know if you've ever heard some of them old James Brown albums. Like, that's what he would sound like. He turned into a James Brown record. That's just like, okay. And so, we were driving. And there was like another car coming. And mind you, I had my hand, like both hands on the wheel. I'm sitting so close up on the steering wheel. We're driving. I see this car coming. And I swear that this car was coming to hit us head on. I I just felt like it was going to hit us. I swerved so hard over. And I ended up into the soft shoulder. Because like there was no sidewalk. Like Spanaway doesn't really have sidewalks unless you're in the neighborhood. Like the the, the actual streets and stuff. There's not really a lot of sidewalks. So I I swerved over and and into the soft shoulder. And I hit this really big pothole. What? 
pull over so I can hit you. Pull over so I can hit you. My mom, no, we're not pulling over so he can hit nobody. You're not hitting him. No, because if you hit him, he's going to put his foot on the gas. He's going to accelerate and crash to the car in front of us. We're not doing that. The boy's stupid. Get around. What's wrong with the boy? My brother's just over here dying. And I'm like, I told y'all to just let me get the music so I can concentrate. Michael, you don't need no music. If you can't do this, you don't need to drive at all. Whole family just cussing me out. So I'm over here annoyed, and then my dad is like, you know what, fine, turn the stupid music on, turn the music on. And so, at the time, I didn't even get to put the little mix I wanted to put in. I just pushed the CD and let whatever plate was already in there, and it was the Life Jennings album. And so, if you know my mother, my mother is very, very, at the time, she was very religious, really into the church. She don't want to hear nothing unless it's gospel, and really, she really likes to hear the slave gospel, all the stuff where it's just a tambourine and the organ. She don't like all that Kirk Franklin stuff. She wanted the straight, stripped down, struggle, root water kind of gospel. That's what she wanted. And so I'm playing Life Jennings, and it's so funny because his first album has this song where he talks about people in the church that are hypocritical. And so that song just happened to be on at the same time. And so I'm driving, and, you know, Life Jennings is singing this song about how people in the church are faking this, that, and the third. And you know how you can feel when somebody's looking at you even if you're not looking at them? I'm driving, and I just know that if I look up at that rearview mirror, I'm going to see her scowling at me. And so I'm trying to drive and not look. And so at some point, I just pop my eyes up real quick just to look. Boy, the look she was giving me, looking at She was like, what are, what is this that we're listening to? Like, the look was like, oh, wait till we get home. I got words for you. You will never drive again. Like, that was the face she made. So we finally get out of this area. My dad is frustrated because I'm still swerving. I'm still paranoid. And he, I done hit this pothole. And Marcus is laughing. And everybody cussing each other out. And so my dad was like just go in that school go to the school over there so we go into my middle school's parking lot he's like you know what uh parallel park let's parallel park and so there were these two sewer grills you know like when you see like you know that the water drains into so there's these two sewer grills and he's like parallel parking between those now mind you he assumed that because i went to driving school that they had taught me all of this stuff and that i was just going to come out of the driving school ready to be fast and furious like i was just gonna you know ready to drive miss daisy and that wasn't the case at all because like i said i only did two of the four drives because shannon was just over it was like here you're done go ahead you did a good job let's all right so in the drive school all i did was like one residential thing and i don't even remember what the other drive was but i never parallel parked he assumed i knew how to do it and so he was like now this is how you're gonna do it you're gonna get in between those two sewer girls and parallel park if you hear me say boom that means that you would have hit the car all right oh and here's one more thing Parallel parking is not a necessity in that area because there's parking. There's parking lots. You know, people have driveways. And this is, you know, some small little tiny suburban town where there's places to park. It's not like D.C. where, you know, D.C. has all the 10 parking lots in the whole city. So you have to know how to parallel park if you ever want to get a parking space on U Street on the weekend. You know what I mean? It's, it's not that same experience. So my dad's like, you know, go ahead and start parking. So, you know, I'm, I already started out the wrong way because I didn't even know how to parallel park. I'm like, uh, okay, here we go. And so I try to pull into the spot, like coming in from behind and pulling up front. You know, with parallel parking, you're supposed to back into it and work your way that way. So I start pulling in and I just do something. All of a sudden, I boom. Uh, oh, okay. Then so I put the car in reverse and move it different way. Boom. Uh, okay. Let me put it in drive. Boom. Okay. Let me turn the boom. Huh? What? The- boom, Michael. Boom. Huh? And so what he didn't tell me was I was on top of the sewer grill. I, this is before we even got to moving. I was I started on top of the sewer grill. I didn't know. And I didn't know anything about, you know, maneuvering the side mirrors to look at the ground and look at the sewer grill. Because, one, I thought it was stupid that you'd make somebody try to parallel park with two landmarks that are on the ground because you can barely see them. Even when you park at the grocery store, half the time you can't even see the white lines. So I'm like, you, you know, 
any driving school would have had like some tall cones or something. Me, I'm over here looking for two black grills on a black tarmac to parallel parking between. And so my dad is like, you're on top of the grill, Michael. You're on top of the grill. Get off the grill. Uh, oh, okay. And so, you know, I'm trying to get off the grill. Boom. But dang, dad, I got to get off the grill. So what you booming for? Who you yelling at? I'm not yelling. I'm just saying, I just quit all the talk and just drive. Okay. And my mom in the back, mm-hmm. I told him, he disrespectful. I always think you want to be grown. He shouldn't be driving nothing. I'm just like, in my head, mama, shut up. Damn. And Marcus at this point is cracking up. This crap is hilarious to him. And my dad's frustrated. He done pushed the little music thing to turn the music off again. So now my stress level going up because now it's just I can hear him breathing hard. I can hear my mom tapping her nails on the side door. And I can hear my brother laughing. So my concentration is all shot. So for the next two minutes, it's just a continuation of boom, 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 Michael, boom, but boom. Then he gets so mad. He popped me while I'm just boom. And then my mom, no, you can't be hitting that boy while he's driving. That's when you're going to crash the car. Shut up. He ain't gonna crash the car. He ain't that crazy. And so I'm just frustrated. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I was like, Dad, just stop. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I, I don't know who you're yelling at. Dad, I'm not yelling. I'm asking you, what is it that I'm supposed to do so I can parallel? No, you're supposed to know that. Didn't you pass the drive school? I did pass the drive school, but that wasn't one. Well, then they're not paying me. My, I'm not getting my money's worth. We need to call the management, figure out what they not teaching you. And I'm just like, yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. My brother is in the back seat. Dying, he like he done turned his whole body in the seat. He, his whole face is in the door. Like he's in tears, laughing so hard. Now my mama's in the back popping him. So popping at that boy, quiet. Like over there, dying. And I'm frustrated. Like I, I don't get it. And so after about the 829 million boom, my dad's like, forget it. Come on, let's go. Let's just go home. Uh, okay. So now, I, you know, I tried to reach to turn the music back on. My dad popped my Put your hand down. You ain't turn no dang music. Just drive. Just drive and be quiet. Okay. So then, you know, I done cracked the windows. And so while I'm driving, you know, driving home, I'm pissed off. I'm annoyed. I'm like, just get me home. This is some bullshit. Like, I never want to drive with these people again. I told them the whole family didn't need to be here in the first place and everything like that. And then, you know, my mom was in the back talking. I see, I told you, you want to be grown, Mr. Know-it-all. Ooh, I know how to drive. I know how to drive. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, that's okay. Because the next time that you drive and you need somebody to see whether or not you're good when you back out, I'm going to pretend I'm asleep. Good luck with that. Huh. How you like them apples? Like, that's how I felt. And so, I'm driving, pissed off. We get home. And mind you, while we're driving, it sounds like we're driving on rocks the whole time. And so, we're driving. We get home. And I'm so just all out of the loop i can barely park in the driveway straight i'm this like i'm driving and and at the rate that i'm going i'm getting ready to crash into my mom's car my dad stop the car michael stop the car stop Uh, okay so i stopped the car put it in park okay i put the car in park and my dad and at this point my car like i'm on the right side of the driveway her car is on the left side and the front left side of my car is probably three inches from going into her passenger door (laughs) And so my dad was put the car in park, and so we couldn't open my door because it was too close. And so he was like, you're going to have to climb over here, and I'm going to switch seats with you so I can park the car because you don't know how to do nothing right. Okay. And so now you got my father, who at the time, this is before he was sick, he's six feet, six feet one, probably 250, 260, you know, in weight. 
He's trying to climb over me. I'm trying to climb around. Two of us trying to squeeze. He done slid the seat back. Now my mom's pissed because she feels like he done slammed the seat into her knees. And she, oh, you done hit my leg. Oh, Karen, ain't no wrong with your leg. And mind you, my mom is like five feet tall. So I'm like, you, you, you be okay. Ain't nothing wrong with your leg. Them things did not hit your leg. And so the two of us are trying to switch seats. And that takes three minutes. And Marcus, at this point, has probably busted a kidney from laughing so hard. He has turned, like I said, his whole face is in the door laughing. And at this point, he, he didn't took his seatbelt off. He's rolling around in the seat. My mama's yelling at me and my dad because we're still trying to figure out how I can get over to the passenger side. Because a Kia Spectra is not that big of a car. And so eventually, finally, we, we, he ends up in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. I'm annoyed, pissed off. Marcus is still laughing. He has tears coming down his face. Like, he's like, I've never seen him laugh so hard in my life. It was the best day of his life. My mom is annoyed. She over there clutching the purse. And now she... Like she would always suck her teeth when she was mad about something. Sitting there holding her purse because she acting like her knees hurt. Because I'm like, okay, so her knees hurt. Marcus is over there crying. My dad out of breath, <laughs> huffing and puffing, pissed off. I'm just over everybody. I was this close. To, I was like, why not just get out and go in the house? I'm over this crap. And so my dad, you know, backs the car up, straightens the car up, parks. Turns the car off. We get out the car. I just want to get to the house. Just get me in the house. You know, he didn't hit the garage door opener. I'm just walking to the door. Just get me to the house. My dad, I don't understand what kind of driving school you went to. I don't know how you think you're going to drive. I done bought this new car. You don't even know how to drive. You ain't got to worry about driving this. No time soon. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. At this point, I just want to get to my room and play Grand Theft Auto. All right, just Grand Theft Auto. That Liberty City one. I need to shoot somebody. I can't do it for real, but let me do it on a video game. <laughs> so I'm like, let me just get to my room, get to that little PS2, play my Grand Theft Auto, maybe a little bit of 007, just to let out some of my rage. And I don't even make it to the garage. And I just hear my mom say, Uh-oh, wait, wait a minute, wait, hold up. Michael, you you might want to come look at this. And she was talking to my dad. You might want to come look at this. This tire over here look flat. And I, I stopped in my tracks like, oh my God, mom, please just shut up. Not right now. And I look back. And it was the front right passenger side tire. Flat. I mean, no air left in it. It's so tore up that the rim is not even the right shape. And so, I think when I hit that pothole, when I kept swerving and my dad was talking about pull over so I can hit you, I think we cut my tire then. And so the air had just been letting out a little bit at a time. And so by the time we did all of that parallel parking and booming and, and got to the house, the air was totally out of the tire. And so the rim was even out of shape. And I don't know how we didn't recognize or how we didn't feel it or notice it. But I was like, dang, man, why did she have to say something? Even though eventually he was going to find out. I just at least wanted to go in the house and maybe they don't discover it until the next morning and then they could blame it on something else. Oh, the way my dad lit into me. And it didn't help that my brother was really egging it on because for him, he thought this crap was hilarious. You know, he, geez, dad, it looks really bad. And I was like, I swear I'm going to break your neck when we get inside. And man, my dad, <laughs> my dad... We haven't even had this car for a week And you know tore it up Boy this got to be a new one that you I ain't never in my life And so yeah, I swear I done got the wrong child from the hospital Cause no son of mine could be that irresponsible I told you he wasn't ready to drive But nobody wanted to listen to me And so she take her little person She sashes on in the house like she done proved the point mm-hmm. Yep I done told y'all <laughs> And my dad You gonna stay over here We gonna fix this tire and then that was another thing because we couldn't even get the bolts off the tire, you know, to put the spare on. Well, really, it was me because he wasn't changing anything. He was going to show me how to change a tire since I tore up a whole car. He was like, you're going to learn this because I don't know what you're going to do when I'm not around. And so, you know, 
the bolts were on so tight. You know, sometimes if the bolts are put on by like the machine that people have that little gun thing, you know, sometimes it's on super, super tight. So I'm over here struggling. I'm trying to push that thing down to twist the bolt because you got to get the bolts off in order to take the tire off to put on the spare. And so he, Michael, push, use your muscles and get the bolt down, boy. And I'm, dad, I can't. The thing is it's not going down. And mind you, I've always had a small frame. And so at that time, I was probably like 120 pounds. So I ain't had no muscles to do nothing. Dad, I'm telling you, move, give me the thing. And he goes, one push, thing comes off. I'm like, huh? You know, and it's just loose, and he just unwinds them all. I, boy, you, you one kind of sorry. You are one kind of sorry. My God. Jesus, you better stick to reading them books. <laughs> and so, like, he was just cooking me that. He was over me that whole day. And so, you know, we changed the tire and everything. And the funniest part is, he never got the rim fixed for, like, a good year. Like, he, that rim stayed tore up for a good year. And the thing was, when people drove that car, you had to literally jerk the steering wheel to the left. Because if you just let the car go freely, it would always pull to the right aggressively. And so you were really jinking that car to, you know, stay straight. You had to have both hands on the wheel. You couldn't drive with one hand because you were really fighting with this wheel. And then eventually he was like, okay, let me go ahead and get this fixed. Um, closer to when I finally started driving, which was much, much later. So what ended up having to happen, because that was the last time my father ever took me out driving again, um, and my mother clearly wasn't going to take me. My mom had one of her friends that I used to that used to go to our church when I was really little. She started taking me, and she was okay, this lady, Miss Regina. So Miss Regina would take me out and drive, and she, that's all right, baby. You just, you just go as slow as you want to go, and, you know, if cars go around you, that's okay. You just do you, and so... We were driving. I mean, Miss Regina was cool, but then she got a new job and her hours changed, so nobody was really there to teach me. So this is how I learned how to drive. Summer hit. Summer vacation. Mom and dad are at work. They were stupid enough to leave the keys in the house. After that, I'm taking the car. And so literally, I would take the car every day, and I would just drive around the neighborhood. And, then when I got, and mind you, all I had was a permit. I ain't got no license. And then as I got comfortable driving, just living on the edge. Boy, if I would ever got pulled over. <laughs> so once I got comfortable driving, you know, the neighborhood, then I would go to the bigger streets. And then it started becoming like a habit. And I was doing it every single day. And it was the music that was keeping me calm because literally at that time, for some reason, I used to always play Brandy's Aphrodisiac album. For some reason, that album just kept me really relaxed as I drove. See, y'all always be trying to make fun of Brandy because she didn't kill somebody driving. But listen, Brandy helped me to not kill somebody driving. And so, you know, I would be driving. And Aphrodisiac, that's a good album, by the way. Check that one out. Um, I used to stay riding to that album and, and eventually I got really like comfortable driving and oh god and mind you I had to bribe my brother not to say nothing or threaten his life because he, I'm gonna do Marcus shut up shut up you want Taco Bell you want Taco Bell alright then shut up you know so I, I would bribe him and eventually I pretty much taught myself so finally when it was time to go and get the test so I could go get my driver's license I was like yes finally passed the written got every single question right went to do the drive test and failed I was like, God, failed the drive test. What happened was we got to Parallel Parking, and I, I just started having flashbacks. I forgot that I, you know, I forgot to practice the Parallel Parking while I was still in the car and driving every day during the summer. And that Parallel Parking, I, I didn't hit the mailbox, but I almost hit the, it, I almost hit somebody's mailbox. And so the lady's like, oh, no, you have to stop. That's dangerous action. And so that was, you can only get two dangerous actions. So that was one. And then the second part was we were going and I thought I was at a four-way stop and really I had to stop the other car didn't so we almost got T-bone she oh no no you're done you're done you're done uh no you're done come on come on you're done let's go and so I had to wait I think six weeks or however long or 30 days and I took it again finally passed with an 80 
which is what you needed to pass with. I was like, thank God. And then a lady, I, let me talk to your father. She, I don't feel comfortable with him on road right now. Uh, he needs more practice. He needs much more practice because uh, he, uh, he, his tone, no very good. No very good. And his tone's not very good. And I'm like, dang, lady. So that had my dad convinced. So pretty much that car I got in 2004. I didn't get to drive it with a driver's license until 2006. Almost the end of my senior year of high school is when I finally got to drive it, which I always found hilarious. And it was crazy because I would have to walk past that car every day to the bus stop, and I'd be so mad because, you know, I would have a show or something that I need to do, or I had a track meet, or I had something, or and I'm like, Mom, can I please just take the car? Nope, because you're not on my insurance. Nope, you're irresponsible enough. That car, and then all of a sudden, the car's purpose changed. That car's for when you go to college. Huh? Yeah, we never said you was going to be driving a car. That car's for college. That's right. You're not going to be taking it. And so I'd have to walk past my car all the time to the bus stop. And this is funny because I remember this is when people still had Black Planet pages. And I remember on my Black Planet page, I used to be like, yeah, you know, I drive Nokia Spectra 2004. You know, it is what it is. So get at me when you can. You know, talking in all the lingo. But one of the pictures I had on my Black Planet Black Planet page was me on the bus with my little hat and my little do-rag. And so I remember somebody commented like, wait, if you can drive a kid, how come you on the bus? I'm like, dang, well, just put my whole life on blast. Dang, it's like that. But anyway, eventually, um, I became a better driver. They let me drive a little bit towards the end of my senior year. But then I got into some old chaos. But they, I don't think my mama knows about this, so I hope she's not listening. But um, <laughs> at my high school, you know, you could leave for lunch. You could leave and go get food and stuff. So I remember me and there was this girl, Deja, that used to um, ride in my car. We'd always get lunch. And so we were going to McDonald's. And for some reason, I was scared to go to the McDonald's closer to my school because you had to get on the bigger street to get to it. So I would go all the way to the other McDonald's that was by my house, and it was by the Walmart. And so I was driving through the Walmart parking lot. Somehow, I'm driving. You know, I got the little, I don't know if I was listening to Mike Mix number 312, but we were lit in the car jamming. And I'm driving, and out of, day, out of nowhere, Deja's like, Michael, look out, Michael, look out. And all of a sudden, there's this guy. I just see my mirror hit his elbow. Boom. Like, the guy, something was wrong with him. It wasn't me. I knew what I was doing. He was walking sideways. He walked into my mirror. And so my mirror hit his elbow. His arm swung around. And me, I just froze up like, oh, hell no. I went through too much to get this driver's license and to drive this car. When I tell you, I just kept driving. Like, and he, hey. And so he gave me, like, the middle finger. And I just kept driving because I was like, I I didn't stop. Because in my head, I just saw, if I stop. And the police are called, and it, I didn't hit this man or whatever. I'm never going to drive. I wasn't even thinking about the fact that I could go to jail for a hit and run. I was like, nope, I'm just, I, I have to drive. I need my car. And so my fool behind kept driving. And mind you, the McDonald's is right next door to the, the Walmart. Went right to that Walmart, got our food like nothing happened. That crap, that mess is crazy. Fortunately, I didn't get caught. And the only reason I'm saying this now is because at this point, statute of limitations kicked in. So what? And <laughs> But, um... <laughs> crazy uh and really the funny thing i really didn't get to enjoy that car until after college they got it in 04 i didn't really get to drive it until 2010 so literally the car sat around for six years like when i got the car it had 8,000 miles on it then the car had all kind of problems because nobody had been driving it for you know long periods of time so uh, hot mess but yes that is my story about learning how to drive that is probably one of the moments that I always look back on and I just laugh like even though my father's not living anymore those are moments where I just have to crack up like I can always get in a good mood anytime I think about that day because that had to be the most stressful experience but it's so funny because my family all of us are a bunch of different extremes and we're we're a very comedic family at that too like if you think I'm funny 
you got to meet my mama. And if my dad was still alive, meet him or my brother. Like, all of us know how to really clown and stuff. So, I mean, goodness, it, that was some entertaining stuff. And it, it is so funny because my mom at that time, like, when I was really trying to drive the car, because I had to walk past that car for, like, a whole year and a half, two years every day and not drive it. The way that she would somehow correlate everything back to her and why I wasn't driving. Boy, I don't know what you're complaining for. I used to have to be, be in the mud for three hours when I was in the Army. They had me laying in trenches. And you over here complaining because you got able-bodied legs and you're supposed to be a track star. And you're supposed to be able to do all this long-distance running. I don't see how you can't run to one of your friends and get a ride. <laughs> like, dang, mama. Like, moms are always quick on their feet with a jab, okay? They are always quick to, to roast you. And it's like, it just comes out of nowhere. Like, I remember one time I half cleaned up something. My mom was like, oh, you want to have do something? Okay, I'm going to half fix your plate when I cook today. Dang, mom, it's like that. Anyway, this podcast is getting too long. Thank y'all for sitting through with me. My bad for the delay. Um, The next podcast will be out on May 15th. All right, so I will see you then. Until next time.